Hello and welcome to another developer conversation from 61 Indie. My name is Mike, and today I'm joined by not a developer per se, but Ryan Brown of Super Rare Games. Ryan, hello. Hello, hello. It's good to be here. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm cold. I, as we were just saying for the recording, I'm in the Christmas sweaters already. We're already yeah, pulling out we're the here. Christmas sweaters. Yeah. So it's cold. Um, yeah. I'm in a wintry mood. Yeah. Yeah. I um. We're watching the. We're based in New York. We're watching the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And uh, something my wife and I noticed is that throughout the parade, I think Macy's kind of like took over when you're allowed to do Christmas stuff. Because throughout the parade, it starts very Thanksgiving in the States, at least. Uh, and then it just like slowly transitions to Christmas. And then like the grand finale is Santa coming out. It's like, what gave yep. you the right Macy's? <laughs> they also invented their own reindeer. I feel like that should be illegal. I don't, I'm, invented I don't appreciate it. Invented their own reindeer. Oh, yeah. They have their own like blue little reindeer that like. It's, it's sort of like oh, a wow. rip off Rudolph. Like he can't really fly, and like somebody gave him wings. And oh wow, it's weird. Thanksgiving is the one holiday that just hasn't happened here. It hasn't crossed this over. It Thanksgiving just, just my least favorite. It's overrated. Oh, what a controversial <laughs> statement! I'll say it. I'll care. say it. <laughs> That's why you come to Six Will Indie for the hot holiday takes. That's it. Uh, Ryan, tell me a bit about yourself. Sure. So um, I'm the, uh, the the head of saying stuff at Super <laughs> Games, which is uh, just a, a really non-corporate way of saying I'm basically <laughs> the head of PR and marketing and, and all that jazz. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, so you know, if there's newsletters, press releases, socials, that's usually me. I run the Super M Mixtape project there. Um, I help with a lot of the pitches that we do for games and stuff as well. So everyone's kind of... You know, everyone's sort of very much involved with everything. Um, and yeah, and Super Games is a company that generally is known for publishing uh, physical Nintendo Switch games. Um, I'm sure as we'll get onto, we're sort of branching out into other things, but that's primarily what we do. And then uh, before that, I was a video game journalist. So I wrote for The Mirror and BBC and did BAFTA games judging stuff. So yeah, kind of all over the joint. Also, getting the plug out of the way, also uh, Toad on Games, your podcast. That's it, yeah. I haven't recorded an episode in like six months because I've been very busy with the mixtape. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Toad on Games podcast. <laughs> yeah, that as well. So I just I, tweet a lot. I tweet an awful lot. So something I do love about following you on Twitter, you are like one of my primary sources for game news. You're That's very sweet. good at just like shouting out game news. <laughs> Woo! That's cool. Yeah, I do love on your uh, Twitter bio, you are uh, you write uh, Gaming News Curator. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Very good. I you... just couldn't drop the journal thing when I moved into PR. Just like this, just just can't do it. I feel like I we're all stuck there. About a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, tweeting will do. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, super rare games. Um, obviously, for folks who may not be familiar, you guys, I always, whenever I bring you guys up, I say that you're the UK version of uh, Limited Run, <laughs> and people are like, oh shit, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I suppose sort that's, of. That's, like cool. so yeah, the yeah. easiest kind of way, but um, something I didn't realize until you just said it. You got yeah, you guys primarily work in on Switch games. Yeah, yeah. So I think when we started, it was just so George Perkins who founded the company. I, I mean, he and I, yeah, we love to collect Switch games. Oh yeah, and it's just that is like the the bigger part of the collector market. Like Nintendo fans love collecting physicals, like more so than the other platforms. So it kind of just made like there's more than enough games to publish physically. For that yeah. Platform. So it kind of just made sense for now, at least, you know, we might end up expanding in the future, but for now to sure. focus on that one platform. Um, yeah. And it's, I mean, we, we, we release a physical game every three weeks. 
Yeah, like, you guys really like, cranked them out. It's really impressive. Yeah, it's like 18, 19 a year, which we think we're pretty, that's a pretty firm number. Like we wouldn't want to ramp it up much more than that because we think that that might become a bit overwhelming for people. Sure. But that seems to be a nice little sweet spot where it's like, okay, there's there's one every three weeks that occasionally means buying two a month, but sometimes not. That's a nice little sweet spot. And we do our bundles as well. So we do like triple bundles so that people can save in shipping and stuff. And a lot of the people that want to collect all of our games tend to go for that. Yeah. So they know that, okay, once every, you know, two, three months or so, I just buy the triple bundle and it's sort of sorted. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I like that you guys thought of that sweet spot to not overwhelm the consumer because, I mean, like going off limited run also when limited run started doing the switch games, I was like, all right, this is it. I'm going to get every single limited run release. And all of a sudden they were doing like one pre-order a week and I got very broke very quickly. I was like, okay, I can't. So, yeah, like one per paycheck, it seems like a a very fair compromise. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just a very different way of looking at it. It's just yeah, um, like limited run. They're not they're just. They know that people aren't going to buy every single release. Exactly. Just, like, oh, just buy the games you want. And that's fine. That's a, that's a perfectly good way of approaching it, to be honest. Um, yeah. It's just at the moment, we just, that's a good sweet spot for us, I think, yeah. and for, for, for most of our community. When did Super Run Games start? So it started, um, obviously, like around Switch era, since you guys are primarily doing Switch. Yeah, yeah. So 2017, 2018. Nice. I'm going to say 2018. Yeah, 2018. So we're on game 62, 63 at the moment. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. It started well, off strong. It started off with um, the first one was Human Fall Flat. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I was just going to ask you which, that. Yeah, it started with Human Fall Flat, which is a huge game. Um, yeah. You know, not not at the time, but now it's sold like 30 million copies. Um, it blew up mostly in Asia. Um, it blew up big time. Um, so that was sort of the one that sort of set us in stone. And then George was, um, he actually founded the company while he was working somewhere else. Nice. So for the first like six releases or so, he wasn't even doing it full time. He was working at a porting house, porting games to consoles. Oh, cool. And then he got, he had like a call in like um, from Team 17. While it was, he was he was literally doing business calls in his lunch break. And during <laughs> one of those lunch breaks, he, he sat on the phone calling Team 17 like, yeah, so we want you to publish Worms. We want you to publish a physical copy of Worms. I think probably at that point, when you're publishing Worms, you go, I should probably I could quit. be doing this. <laughs> I, could, I, could, I should probably quit. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably be doing this full time now. Um, yeah, and then it was like 30 of us, 20, 30 of us, including the shipping team. Wow. Yeah. So do you think you, I think because of that strong start, it really like started that kind of like momentum up towards like something like Team 17, stuff like that? For sure. Yeah. And and just good timing as well. Like obviously yeah. all those great things, like we have a lot of really good releases that keep it consistent. Lots of varied releases. We make sure that we're not known for any specific genre or anything like that. So yeah. we manage to pull in different people each time. We have a really good community <laughs> and a really good sort of customer service, all that good stuff. Um, but then we also just started at a really good time. We started at a good time before the sort of Nintendo physical uh, collection peaked. Like if if Super A games started today, I don't know necessarily whether we'd find uh, that yeah. success. Admittedly, it's just we we, we started at a good time. Yeah. We do it very well, <laughs> but it, <laughs> it was definitely a good time to do it um, to start back then. Yeah, because it was Nintendo Switch fever where yeah, like you said, everybody wanted the physical like Nintendo nostalgia. Like oh my god, Nintendo's making carts mm. again. Yes, everywhere, obviously. And yeah. there was the craze of people licking carts. Maybe people want to lick your carts, you know? That's, people wanted to lick Human Fall Flat. That's what it was. But I indie did. games were having sort of their heyday. So yeah. It was just sort of like 
oh gosh, like, and they don't have physical Easter's. So it kind of just it all added up. Yeah, I, I guess that's like a, a very important thing to note. Also, you guys primarily are focused on indie games, which is something mm-hmm. I love about you guys. Yeah. Like really oh, yeah. like something you guys like. Yeah, you have like your human fall flat, which back then, as you said, not the biggest game in the world. But you mm-hmm. are publishing both like name like names that we do recognize, but also things like as I expressed to you how much I love this game, Ita, uh, which I've never heard of before you guys put it out. And then, yeah, yeah, all of a sudden now it's like one of my favorite games of last year. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you guys are doing like incredible work, just amplifying indie voices, which is something we strive oh. to do as well. Thanks so much. Yeah. yeah with Eater especially, that's an interesting one because um, the developer basically made more from that than the digital release. That's insane. Um, <laughs> which is the same for a few of the other games. Um, and that's just the nature of like, as you say, like we will do some of the more popular indie games like worms we did abzu you know that yeah help people know abzu the steam world games um so we kind of like we, we view it as almost tears like that's like that's just that's the that's high that's like as, as far as indigo that's like boom already huge success which is giving it a physical release to preserve it yeah so that people can have it but then we do like to throw in games that we are just personally passionate about that don't have any visibility and it's like okay like we don't even necessarily care if this is going to sell out and stuff we think this game deserves a physical and no one else is going to do it, and we think it's great. That was the case for Eater. We we loved that game. We wanted to see a physical release for it. Luckily, it, it worked out well. Uh, the same for Old School Musical. That yeah. was a game that George just loved. George was playing on like the bus like every day, and was just like, I need this in my hands. And so it <laughs> happened because he wanted it, which is a really good thing to be able to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so we just try and sort of help indies of all levels and with some of the other things that we're doing now um outside of our usual physicals like that's that follows through we just we, we like to think of ourselves now as indies best friend <laughs> we want to help support <laughs> indies on all levels of the yeah. indie scale yeah i mean the preservation thing is obviously it's been a pretty big topic <laughs> going around lately as well because like mm. any day like things could get pulled and it's fucking terrible um even like on like the triple a side of things like i've been trying to last night i was up at four o'clock in the morning trying to figure out how to buy skate two can't get it great there is physical discs of it but you just can't find it um but yeah i think uh yeah especially things like with um i don't know if there was an indie with like licensed music or anything like that things could get pulled at any moment and it's like something like the digital landscape is a very convenient one but it's also terrifying Absolutely, hundred percent. I mean, that's that's a big. Even before I joined Super Games, that was a big thing for me. Physical games preservation. That's something I even when I was a journalist, I spoke and wrote about an awful lot. Yeah. So it is something I'm genuinely passionate, and George and the rest of the team here are seriously passionate about. Um, I make sure that I send uh, samples of each of our games to a few museums. There's like a couple of museums. Oh, in awesome. England, one in New York. That have a copy, so it's just like you guys are you do what you need to do, like <laughs> archive them. Like, <laughs> I don't care if you're gonna show them off, I don't care if they're just in the back on a shelf, like, sure, you've got them, they're safe. Um, and yeah, it's just that, as you say, like, d- digital games are more convenient, that's uh, inescapably true, they are, yeah, by nature, and they should be better for preservation, but they're not. <laughs> and I think that's because companies and studios and whatnot have a lot more control because they can take it down like if you have a physical games in your hands is yours that's yeah. on a shelf ain't no one coming around your house and touching that but digital stuff you got it's usually licenses <laughs> it's usually music licenses or or you know like some, some publishers lost the license to an ip or and stuff yeah. like that um yeah things can just get delisted on a dime and we haven't hit the point where 
the first sort of major, major, major digital storefronts have closed yet. We've sort of had the DSI stores shut, the WeWare stores shut. Some gems on there, which are lost, which sucks. Yeah. But when you're looking at sort of the PS, when you get to serious stuff, when you get to like the PS3 store, when you're getting to sort of the, the Xbox 360 store, my God, when those shut, there I are know. so many games loved. Which we're pretty close to PS3 and Vita. Oh yeah. Even Vita, yeah, like there's there's even... some like Vita exclusives that you can only get digitally that are like fucking fantastic. And mm-hmm. I know even um my partner Kyle um was trying to get a physical release of Scorchbringer, um, a game that came out I think like two years ago, and they announced a Vita release um I don't know, like uh, like two years ago, like when they first announced the game. And he just got an email saying, like, hey, sorry, because of manufacturing stuff, we just can't do it. And he was so upset by that because he knows like that game's not gonna exist on Vita. Probably yeah. by next year. If Sony was like willing to do it last year, probably next year. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 that's it for physical videos now. I mean, they won't let you produce them. So the, the last physical video games are done. Yeah. Um, same with the Wii. Um, I mean, yeah, don't yeah. get me started on Nintendo. Like, if you want to play any Metroid games, oh my God. <laughs> it sucks because it's just, you know, uh, it's, it's a shame that we're still at a point where video game companies. Of all levels, we're talking about the big studios, uh, but, but of all levels, that aren't really fully respecting their own history and the importance of their own titles. And it's it's so it's so short-sighted to be thinking, well, the Switchy shop is fine. It's, 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 it's up. It's going to be up for 10, 15 years. It's going to be there for ages. Yeah. One day, yeah. of course, inevitably, it has to go down. I mean, it's not going to be up forever. It just can't be. Yeah, and no. so when we're getting to when we're talking about Switch eShop, I mean the sheer volume of games that are on that. Man, it is overwhelming. It's overwhelming. <laughs> and and they're all gonna be gone one day. <laughs> uh, yeah. and that's awful. Um and and physical media shouldn't be have to be the answer to that. At the moment it is. Yeah. Um so that's the best answer we have for for properly preserving these things at the moment and making sure they exist. And, you know, we'd love to personally print hundreds of thousands of copies of them. So to, oh, to make course. sure they truly are preserved <laughs> and that, I mean, obviously we'd make more money as well, <laughs> but, um, but it's just like, so it'd be properly preserved, but of course that, that, that demand doesn't exist. I mean, we'd be bankrupt in a day if we did something like that. So we have yeah, to limit I mean, them by number. It's not like you're trying um, to print a physical copy of Warzone, <laughs> Like, Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, we uh, we get that a lot where people with, with and, and it's a criticism of not just us but limited run. I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll hear the same thing about why are you sort of artificially limiting this thing? And it's like, well, we're, we're not. We can't print them limitlessly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these these games do not have. Um, we'd love it if there was a retail copy available and we didn't have to get involved. If it was at retail and there's hundreds of thousands of copies, great. But the games that we print just don't have those opportunities available to them. Yeah, like they're just they're just t- too small, or, or publishers and retailers just don't want to take that risk. So it's like, cool. Well, they need to be physically preserved. So let's do it. If it's four thousand copies, that's better than nothing. Yeah, four thousand is still a lot. <laughs> There'll still be somewhere. So still know, somewhere. It, it, one day you can still get one in theory. So yeah. Yeah, even on the limited run front, I know <laughs> like some of their like more known titles they partnered with like. I know like Best Buy holds like some limited run stuff, like not like the like maybe it's like a cover variant or something like that. But it seems like the mm-hmm. the more known indie games or, you know, sometimes I say indie within quotes, which we'll get to later. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, like you said, the the demand isn't there. Like if you see, I don't know, just pulling what's behind me in most next to battlefields or whatever, a general consumer is going to go for battlefields. And yep. it's just going to be sitting on the shelf collecting dust. And all of a sudden, they're not going to reorder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I understand why Limited Run are doing that. Like, they, they have a bigger audience than we do. They have a, you know, they're, they're bringing games into retail and stuff. I think that's great. I think I think it's cool that these games are being seen as much as possible. Uh, we, do, we don't have, our games are only sold through our website. We yeah. don't have sort of those connections. Tends to be the case that the games we publish just are not going to perform at retail anyway. Yeah, no. Um, so, I mean, you have a like you said, like giving like shouting out your community, like you have this niche, like indie community that is really passionate about the releases, really passionate about the games, really passionate about just DIY independent creators. And I think that's oh, just yeah. a fascinating thing. Like you guys like are doing a very specific subsect of indie that like, yeah, you have your human fall flats, you have your abzus that are on the quote unquote bigger side of that thing. But mm-hmm. you have mundons which like i don't th- i feel like a lot of people have slept on this year and things like Ida, mm-hmm. who people clearly slept on last year that like even we could segue to it now the wonderful super rare mixtape look at that fucking perfect podcasting thing um yeah i mean <clears throat> honestly the only game i've ever heard of on here before i bought it was emily's away and the only game i played on here was emily's away and now mm-hmm. i can't this is my uh 2022 project where I, i'm gonna play through all 30 of them in the six demos um <laughs> This is brilliant. Cool. How, oh, thank you so much. So how did so this is your baby? How did this uh, come to be? Sure. Oh yeah. So I could talk about this this baby all day long. Um, yeah. <laughs> so when we're talking about when we're talking about indie games, when we talk about Eater and oh, and this is on the eShop and stuff, and you know, it's not got the best visibility in the world. The games that are on the Super Mix tape are, on terms of visibility, the absolute bottom of the scale. You have if you have got your Abzu and your Hades at the top, these games are the ones on the bottom, and that's not in terms of quality, just in terms of visibility. Exactly. So these um, the 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 idea with the mixtape is it's thirty uh, freeware jam type games, the sort of games you'd find on itch.io, Game Jolt. Thirty games, six commercial indie game demos on a USB shaped like a tape set. You get a manual sticker and all the goodness in a box. So these are the kind of games that never ever ever in a million million years would they ever receive. Um, sort of physical treatments. It just wouldn't have happened. And so this is something I've wanted to do for 10 years. I've been really? talking to friends about this. I've been, I found old tweets of me talking about it, like in the late noughties. This is something I've wanted to do for 10 years. So I've been invested in this small indie scene since before indie games became commercialized. Oh yeah. Um, and so this is, uh, uh, apparently I say this term a lot, but it's a pure passion project. <laughs> <laughs> something that i love dearly i might get like a, i might get the little sort of mixtape um cassette logo like tattooed on me or something like, i i have Do it <laughs> i love this dearly um i mean i mean yeah. also the, the cassette idea fucking dope <laughs> yay i i'm a by trade i'm an audio engineer i'm an audiophile all that kind of stuff i fucking love this <laughs> sweet yeah cool. it's so rad but anyway, sorry i didn't Thank mean to cut you off <laughs> no it's all good yeah so i mean it's just it's just a pure passion project like it's something i've wanted to do for so long um and and it it has been executed like i have to say like the super team to let me do this by the way is incredible yeah like i don't think people realize what a risk this project was and that we originally were doing it thinking there's absolutely no money in it at all and there still isn't that much money in it is not why we're doing it sure um but we really because we wanted to pay the devs as well even though they're freeway games we, want, we wanted to pay them because it seemed to be unfair otherwise so, you know, there's 30 games, we have to pay each of them. 
So it's not a whole lot of money at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, just just the fact that the Super A team let me do this um, is incredible, frankly. Um, I don't think any other company would have just run with this big thing <laughs> that didn't necessarily have any money. Um, but they just agreed it was sort of like just just it's kind of what we're all about, like, like yeah. spotlighting indies and, and presenting their games. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's literally the physical version of like a big, like HIO bundle that you would see. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Something I do love about you guys. Uh, and this is for both like your standard releases, your steelbook releases and beyond, like all your products are like stunning. Already gushed about the mixtape itself. The booklet that it comes with is like phenomenal. I love all the art inside. All the little blurbs. Ah, Th- like, Thanks. God, bring manuals back, you know? God, right. bl- God bless you, you guys. For doing, I know, in every book or in every game. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, this thing, yeah, I was like, I don't know what I expected when I got my shipment in. I think I was just expecting a thumb drive and, like, maybe that's it in a pretty box. And, yeah, opening it up, I just, like, totally blew me away. So, like, kudos uh, to you and the team. Like, this is phenomenal. Thank you so much. That's very kind. Um, I know and, uh, I, you already mentioned volume two, I think I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been pretty open about the start that so long as this went well, I'd be, I mean, dying to make more. Yeah. And so I'm currently in the process of um, making volume two and three. Um, nice. uh, the, the, the end goal, obviously we'll have to see how those do first, but the end goal is probably three or four a year, every year. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that, that's and no more than that, no more than four. Because again, sure. I don't want to overwhelm people. Um, but yeah, hopefully three or four a year. Um, yeah, two and three in Cheers. production at the moment. Volume two will be a different color cassette. Um, nice. Just the idea is at one point it will be nice if they were lined up and they look like little rainbows. Ooh, um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, all the games on volume two are amazing. Like obviously now that I have something to show, it's much easier to pitch for games. Sure. <laughs> I yeah. Go, Look, do you want to be on the next of this? And that makes a bit more sense. Um, so all the the thirty games for volume two and the thirty games for volume three are already done. They're lined up. Um, awesome. And I've already kind of lined up most of volume four if it ever happens, but I, it's not greenlit yet, so I have to. Sure. Yeah, it's sort of just like okay, if if it goes ahead, then these will happen. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. And 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 what's really cool about it as well is um again pure like personal passion project is my partner made the games launcher um, oh cool as well because i didn't want to just stick the games in a folder when you plug in the usb right. so that's kind of like eh, like eh. i wanted it to be something cool of cool and unique so it has its own games launchers when you plug it in pops up with the games launcher with information about each one yeah. on volume two um we've updated it so that there'll be a concept art gallery oh, cool. and a developer audio commentary box as well that's awesome um so yeah, it's just a really awesome sort of games launcher. Yeah. See again, I would have just I, I, expected. I even that I saw the thumb drive. I I just expected a folder. <laughs> yeah, I like, thought that would be kind of lame. So. <laughs> and yeah, yeah I, I, like kudos again to you guys for like actually like putting your money where your mouth is. You are actually passionate about the stuff, and it, this kind of project shows that you actually care about presenting these indies as they as they deserve to be. Hundred percent. Yeah, and it's been really cool working with them. These are the kind of they're, they're so talented. Like anyone that plays these games is gonna be surprised because oh, there's so always. many on there that where you would go, I would just buy this on the Switch. There's just, yeah. seriously so many games in that collection which is like you could just sell this game. And even tiny little things like the fact that, that it has a Peggy rating on the box, like an age yeah. rating on the box, was mind blowing to the developers. Like what? Like I'm on something with an age rating? Yeah. Um, 
it's yeah it's i mean one of the games that are on volume two on their itch page they've got they've got this big celebratory image going woo 200 downloads like the fact that 200 people have downloaded the game is amazing to them yeah and it's just like that's crazy because it's a great game <laughs> and it's just it's i mean they struggle with visibility you know it's, it's something also i think about because it's free like it has this weird like people don't don't think it's worth checking yeah it's just so not the case um yeah, it's a, it's a big perception thing, which is weird. It's like people don't realize like it's free because people want them to actually play their game and not that like they're not like showing their worth. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah and there's some beauty in the fact that they're not thinking about the commercial viability of a game. Yeah. Just breaks so many chains off because then they're just making whatever they want. And there's so many like unique games on it and the mixtape that just like you're, you're not going to experience those kind of games anywhere else. You're, right. you're straight up not. Um, and yeah, hopefully something like this will help highlight those developers. Um, we managed to get a bunch of coverage um, and influences and stuff is really lovely. Whenever we talk to publishers now about our usual super rare stuff, they'll always bring up mixtape, which is awesome. Like, oh, that's yeah, awesome. Mixtape, by the way. It's like, thanks. So hopefully we're getting those developers in front of those publishers, which is which was always part of the point. You know, it was yeah, it was like cool. Let's show these people off. Like this is the, I, I'm I'm so confident in the fact that the people that are on that mixtape and the following ones the future of indie games 100 like so many of them are going to go and make the next big commercial hit yep and and a lot of indie devs came from that scene came from that freeware scene yeah. um you know we celeste and, and even minecraft and faber is you and wonder song like all these huge indie hits like they all came from that freeware scene yeah um i'm confident that there will be some people on that mixtape that will go on to make the next big huge hit not kyle seeley he's a hack <laughs> not constantly yeah that's the that's the biggest game on the, on that mixtape and you know like, yeah bless kyle also i'm joking kyle. to be totally clear for listeners I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah emily's away as you know is is that's already fairly well known really yeah and so the fact that he wanted to be involved in this project because he was one of the ones that was kind of pitched to and thought eh, he doesn't need this <laughs> it doesn't he doesn't need to have it seen by another two thousand people you know um but I was kind of I, I went I wanted to get a few better known games on there so that right. it kind of gave visibility to the other ones, if that makes sense. Yeah. Someone will go, Oh, Emily's Ways on this, I'm gonna get it. And then they'd try the other ones. That's what I wanted. Um and bless him, like he was so into it immediately and I had nothing to show at the time. It was the first one. So I, I, I could just explain <laughs> the idea and yeah. it was like, amazing, brilliant. He didn't need it, but yeah, bless him. It's a great game. Uh, was it whose call is it to do Emily's Away one as opposed to three? Because three came out this year. Or did you just like want to start with the first one to people have like a entry yeah. yeah i wouldn't start the first one also because most of the games the 30 games the idea is they're from the freeware scene because just a personal thing like the the payment that we give developers just by nature of them being 30 and they're not being a lot of money involved it can't it's not big enough for me to justify taking a commercial game sure yeah because they're just like ah, i don't i don't i don't feel comfortable about that personally makes sense um so yeah, it's just uh, put the first game on. <laughs> then they can go and buy the others. Yeah. So yeah. God, go play Emily's Away Three. God, so for good. sure. Another really well-known game on Volume One was No Players Online. Like that's quite well. That was already quite a well-known one. Mm. Um, again, a freeware game um, by uh, the dev that's just made Spookware. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that that had already sort of done the YouTube rounds. Was like super well-known and yeah. So it was cool to to put those two on there. Not to make you choose a baby, but uh, oh what's your favorite on the list? I know you're gonna you're gonna find some way to wiggle all thirty in here, but what's your favorite on the on that list? 
Cool. Do you know what? Like, I'll say, I will say on on, on volume one, my f- not necessarily my actual favorite game. Yeah, there you go. Starting with the um, wiggling. I got you. It's <laughs> a little bit of a wiggle. <laughs> I'm going to say um, a mini f- uh, falafel adventure. And yeah. that's just because um, it's a game that I grew up with. You know, like it was a game from that super early indie scene I played and loved from like 2004, 2006, something like that. Um, and have always remembered. Like I remember the theme songs. I, I could hum them in a, in, a, in a heartbeat. And it's one of those games that no one knows. Like not in the sort of, oh, do you remember this PS1 game? No one knows. But just nobody knows. This. <laughs> yeah. There was maybe a couple of hundred people that's ever played it. And they don't remember it now. And so the fact that to have that, like, to reach out to him, and he was just like, I am surprised that you even remember this game. And (laughs) to be able to put it on there, that was awesome. It was just so affirming to have a game that I loved when I was, like, a teenager on the cover. That's just so cool. pretty special. Um, Yeah. So I'll say that one to be nice. And all the rest of them, dead to you. All of them dead, yeah. That's it. Awful. (laughs) <laughs> but that's the cool thing about being able to completely lead it is that it's so handpicked yeah that i do genuinely like all 30 of them yeah because i chose them <laughs> so there's there's no there's nothing in there that i'm like eh, you know uh, and there's no fodder i genuinely think all 30 of those games are wonderful and deserve to be seen um yeah i'm, I'm maybe the only person that's ever gonna like all 30 in each volume but that's oh kind of sure the point of it being a mixtape like you can try them and if you only like 20 then i mean that's still a great that's still a fantastic package <laughs> um yeah i think it's important to put some more experimental stuff on these as well like there's a game called uh, just try test on this which is very experimental it's just um it's like a virtual museum that Ooh, just cool. loads in games from your desktop and displays them as portraits oh that's cool. and that's it that's the game and you just walk around and look at your pictures as portraits but it's, it's kind of like I don't, you're not going to see that kind of weird quirky sort of idea in the sort of commercial space so yeah i think it's cool to sort of present those sort of more experimental ideas as well yeah uh, i think this is a good segue to uh chat about something you tweeted about what last week i think mm-hmm. at this point uh hey ryan what do you think about the game awards and the indie categories <laughs> <laughs> yeah um <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it, it makes it makes so for context, it makes sense, and I suppose yeah. you should you could apply this sort of the Oscars or any sort of other yes, any other sort of awards ceremony. But it is, um, I mean, obviously, as someone that's really passionate with that sort of, as I say, low visibility scale of indies, with sort of the mix saving everything we do at Super Rare, it is disappointing when we see an award category specifically for indies. And it's full of, it's got two games from Devolver, and they're and, and, and by the way, all the games in the character all the games are fantastic, games, fantastic. They deserve recognition. So this is not a criticism of the games; it's a criticism of they need to be another category. So if, um, if I may uh, run through the list, so we're talking about best independent game, which is Death Store, Cana Bridge of Spirits, Inscription, Loop Hero, Twelve Minutes. Yeah. So yeah, Great three games. from Devolver. Yeah. All oh, right. Yes, and then three from Devolver. One that is a big Sony sort of second party funded game, and then one from Annapurna, which is a film studio. And Devolver is a billion dollar publisher. So it's like, okay, those are wild to think now. (laughs) Yeah, those are like the the biggest companies. (laughs) They're like the biggest. Um, And it's like, okay, like that, if, if indie is such a broad term, and this is not the Game Awards for, or certainly any of those publishers. But it's such a broad term that it does mean the smaller games 
the breakout hits, the, the the really small budget stuff has absolutely no chance ever of ever getting in that category. If those are the kinds of games it's up against, the, the yeah. multi-million publishers. Um, not necessarily saying that each of those games had millions behind it. I don't imagine in scripture. Sure. And like, to just, be fair, like, the teams themselves, they're still small teams. And like, again, like, 100%. something I say on every podcast, almost every podcast we do, and that like whenever Annapurna and Devolver get brought up, I think they're doing some of the most brilliant things in gaming. That's like, fabulous. Period. And Stunning. especially for like amplifying like smaller developers. Fucking yeah. inscription is remarkable. I was actually, that's why I was up until like four o'clock last night. I was, I'm trying to like run through it before Game of the Year chats. And man, yeah. inscription is so fucking cool. Like what Daniel, Daniel Mullins created is phenomenal i'm so glad that it's not just getting like i was afraid that was gonna get like no coverage or like i I thought it was gonna be like similar Mm. with uh boomerang x earlier this year with devolver Mm. i thought people were just gonna forget about it but like yeah shouts to devolver for really pushing it and like i really appreciate like yeah the quote-unquote indie publisher for really pushing these guys out there 100 percent, and like and there's no point me sitting saying this the smaller guys need to be seen since like well What's your end result, Ryan? Aren't you saying that this is what you want Indies to get like to this level? I do. I think it's of course, wonderful. yeah. I just think there should be a category for like small budget Indies. Because yeah. there needs to be visibility of those Indies that haven't quite got to that level yet. Um, there's just, I mean, Indie is just such a, it's just such a broad term is, I mean, is ultimately the problem. Is that there's so much there. It's just a shame to see only the, the big ones from the biggest of the indie publishers um, getting any sort of visibility in awards. Yeah, I think a big thing is that, like, there are just straight up too many games coming out. Yeah. Like, which is, it's a good problem to have. Like, I um, I love that I have a backlog that's, like, overwhelming and gives me anxiety. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just too many things coming out and there's just not enough time to play everything. And I think because, like... The more mainstream stuff is so much in our forefront. People tend to forget that itch.io exists and mm. don't really look at the front page of itch once in a while or like they don't look at it at all. Um, yeah, something I kind of like was thinking about, like when you brought that up, it's like, oh, yeah, game awards are very much like the Grammys nowadays. We're like, yeah, yeah, the Grammys ain't talking about Pup and Jeff Rosenstock and Chris Farron, but we'll talk about Beyonce and Rihanna and other mainstream artists that I can't name right now. <laughs> Um, the, yeah, that's yeah. an easy comparison as well because the indie label for music has similarly sort of become a bit warped. Indie doesn't mean uh, indie anymore, especially yeah, in music. Yeah, 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 which is not Game Awards' fault. It's certainly not publishers' fault. It's just that the term itself is is so broad. Yeah, I don't think really anyone understands exactly what is what what is indie. Like, is Hades indie? Hades cost millions of dollars, had a team of hundreds of people. So means is it indie? Is that as indie as? little sonic fan game or in on itch.io for free like it's it's, <laughs> yeah. just, it's just too broad a term i suppose like we need some other terms maybe um yeah because i think indies nowadays especially like once that double a kind of like tier kind of like fell out that's where indies kind of rose like at least like this more like mainstream or like higher tier of indies they these are just like double a games now the, these yeah. are our take two not take two jesus um who am I thinking of? THQ. That's what I was thinking of. These yeah. are our THQs and stuff like that, even though I know THQ exists now, sort of. Um, yeah. yeah, even looking at like games for impact, I think uh, so. Games for impact are probably closer, except for one of them. Uh, Before Your Eyes, which granted is published by Skybound, um, which I played last night. It's fucking incredible. It's, it's beautiful. Oh my God. I game. cried so much. <laughs> Did you play it on? It's on PC, isn't it? So you I played it on PC. Webcam. 
I did play with webcam. I was so tired yeah. last night that I kept blinking by accident. I kept skipping dialogue. <laughs> I was like, damn, okay, I have to, I appreciate the mechanic. I have to turn it off because my eyes are so dry right now. I was yeah, literally at points. I was trying to cheat it, going like blocking my eyes oh. and like just trying to. It was, didn't work though. I was like, just I'm like this, like almost crying, like just trying to keep <laughs> yeah. my eyes open because I, I wanted to see all the scenes. I know I love that. Like, I, I thought it was oh, it's cool. brilliant. Um, but even that, like published by Skybound, which like again, smaller team, but like kudos to them for getting the the you know the name out there. Um, Boyfriend Dungeon, which is probably the most like Finji is pretty big also uh chicory i think is also fingy life is strange okay um and no longer home i think probably no longer home is the most indie out of this i don't think no longer home has a, somebody attached to them which that's next on my list to play which i've kind of put <laughs> off on yeah. yeah um yeah i get. I, I guess it's just um it's just uh, it's, it's ultimately good that indies can get to that level now and that they are com- Oh, it's yeah, fantastic. They, they, they do feel that double A space that they have. Because the most amount of creativity we see is going to be from people that are unattached and have a lot of creative control of their own indies. Um, so it's great that there's a big space in them now. It's just, um, yeah. Basically, where's my mixtape game award? That's that's what it all comes down to. I mean, yeah. To. Jeff Keighley. That's what it all comes down to. Where is this? Where's my game award? Show this, on, show this on stage, you coward. <laughs> That's it. I'll have to cut it into 30 pieces and give it to each developer. Yeah, just confetti it out into the, the crowd. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, what have you been playing this year? What are some oh, of your favorite wow. games this year? Oh, my goodness. What deserves um, to be on this list? <laughs> oh, wow. You've got you've, that's the big question. I'm going yeah. to have to pull up my spreadsheet now. Um, <laughs> Love I've a spreadsheet. I've um I've actually been really good about completing games this year. Nice. Um, because in I suppose you may feel this, but as a journalist, I couldn't finish other games because I knew I had other ones I had to review. Yeah. And so it just ended up becoming so work oriented that only in the last two years or so have I really been able to. I'm playing games for fun now. I'm playing because I want to play them. Um, I, I finished those days. Like seventy-six <laughs> games. I finished seventy-six games this year. Wow. Um. Which is, uh, admittedly, a lot of those are the very small, very, like, very yeah, sure. dire ones. Um, but favorite games of the year. Oh, I should have given this some more thought. I mean, I thought um, I liked um, I liked Little Nightmares 2. I thought that was really good. Damn, I um, still need to play that. I That was like one of my most anticipated games of the year, and I just have was, not touched it. It was super good. It's one of those games I think people are going to forget when it comes to sort of game, of the, game of the year sort of lists. Um, but it was really very good. I mean, I had the same um, thing happened with Little Nightmares 1. People forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. Which is yeah. Weird. And then um, Bowser's Fury. Again, I think people are going to forget about that for Game of the Year list. But that was, that was, because uh, I'm very skeptical of open world stuff in general. Sure. Like, I don't think everything has to be open world. But then playing Bowser's Fury was like, ah, oh, damn, okay. Mario in <laughs> open world space. It actually, it actually works. It's actually very viable. Um, so that was cool. Um, what else? Um, I liked Say No More. I'm not necessarily sure. That oh, yeah. Be like the year awards level stuff. I thought it was kind of quirky and powerful and vibrant and made me happy. So, yeah. Another one of those like not super experimental, but like a weird game. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, Before Your Eyes, as we mentioned, I thought that was beautiful. God, so good. Um, my personal favorite game of the year is Near Replicant. The, 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 <laughs> oh, God, you're one of these. I'm, <laughs> I'm a big Near fan. I'm huge on Near. Um, that game is very special to me. So yeah, that, that, that was probably, 
do do you count remasters remakes for game of the year it depends if it's a remaster maybe not remake yeah that's kind of my Um, rule yeah yeah it's it's near replicants kind of in between of those two yeah it's kind of tricky um i uh i liked yinglet which was a little pc game that was really cool um, by Niflis. Uh, Tadpole Tales, which is again is an H2O game, but it's gorgeous, sort of hand drawn. He calls it a cute em up. So it's like a shoot em up, but. Oh, yeah. Cute. Not the first um, time I heard that term this year. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, there oh, you yeah. go. Let's there's, make it um, yeah, there's a, a cute em up that you play as a dog saving your owner, I think. I forgot the name of it. I interviewed the devs during E3. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll try to find it. I like that. Um, uh, it takes two. I thought that was really good. Saw my list to play. Oh, yeah, you have to. It was really good. It changes things up so often, almost to the degree that sort of Nintendo does with Mario. Like, from Mm. level to level, like, it's, like, I like it. I've I've never seen anyone other than Nintendo do it. It's like, here's a game mechanic. Okay, goodbye game mechanic. And just so willing to sort of (laughs) throw game mechanics out. Like, we've tried it. You had a bit of fun with it. Off it goes. Here's a completely different one. You'll never see that again. Which is such a... I can understand why most developers don't want to do that. Because sure. it's like so much work for something that's immediately gone. And you want to get the most out of it. Um, but it is really cool. It just uh, it just changes it up so often. Um, yeah, that was a really good game. Uh, what else is on my 2023 list? Um, uh, 2021. 2023, Jesus. <laughs> um, I liked Toen. Toen was good. Toen is on my list on one of my favorites. And the, the one of the lead devs had a game on that mixtape, which was garbage. Really? Was, oh, was one of his games before he went on to make Toem. Oh, um, which is looks cool. like I know uh, what I'm Metro playing Dread. first. That's <sighs> it. Uh, Metro Dread. I liked Metro Dread. Uh, Did you think Metro Dread was too hard? N- no, but I but I, I have, agree. <laughs> but I play a lot of Metroidvania. I love this Same. Is one of my favorite genres. Yeah. Um. So I kind of. Uh, yeah. No. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it was, yeah. seeing like all the quote unquote complaints on Twitter, I was like, I don't get this. Like, I kind of breezed through it. Like, people were complaining about like hidden walls and stuff like that. I was like, that's Metroid, and you also get the power up that like shows you the hidden stuff. I saw that as all well as a positive, really, because I mean, it's because we don't get games like Metroid that. Dread, <laughs> I ju- it just showed us that Metroid Dread has reached a wider audience than the genre usually does. Yeah, that's it. Um, which is great. I didn't mind seeing people go, this is too hard because I was like, cool that means that people that aren't used to the genre of finding yeah. this, this game great i would like more metroids please please um, <laughs> uh I mean, yeah, to their credit yeah. last boss kicked my ass but a beautiful last boss but yeah. i never felt i mean it's not like i breezed through the game i didn't like um, kill everything so, first. I mean, yeah like some of the I emmys never hit a point of frustration i never hit a point yeah. where I, was like, oh, I can't do it that didn't happen right was, uh, you know i tried a couple of times i was able to do it and that was fine the only thing was i i, I 100 of the game so i wanted to go back and do all the um, the Shine Spark collectibles and stuff, and so, some of those, are, some of those. Bless are you. If you're gonna hundred percent the game, some of that is tricky. Yeah. Um, but it was fun, and you know, and at, at no point, I'm not an easily frustrated person. To be fair, I've never like thrown a controller. I don't sure. really get angry about games, but yeah, I didn't hit a point of frustration with it, which, which is good. Um, uh, going back to Game Awards really quickly, because Game Awards, the big yeah. thing, Game Awards is just a show to show new games. Um, do you think we see Metro Prime Four? Uh, no. <laughs> no <I'm laughs> okay, not, fair. No, I, I, don't. I still think it's too early because I, I don't think we'll see anything from on that game in at least a year still because they yeah, had to restart development. Yeah. Like, ah, it's probably going to be like tail end of the Switch when that releases. It's probably. probably that's going to be the, the swan song. 
What I do think might happen is because they're like, oh damn, we're, we're like a, we've got some Metroid hype going on now. They might do the Prime. Finally get the trilogy, yeah. Which yeah, or there's some rumors that they're going to separate it out and sort of sell just yeah. Metroid Prime on its own for fifty quid, which I can a hundred percent see them doing. I mean, yeah, um, they sold fucking Skyward Sword for fifty bucks, so like, and it worked, and it worked. It, you know, it sold well, so they, they're going to do it. Nintendo, go Nintendo. I sort of did think that Skyward Sword was a test for them. And they go, ah, we can actually sell everything individually for fifty yeah. quid instead of trilogying them up. Um, hey ho, it's our own fault for buying it. Oh yeah, no, um, we're, we're the suckers. It's fine. That's it. I, uh, by the way, I played. Um, I, I guess you're not. We won't count re-releases, but I played Skyward Sword HD for the first time ever this year. Oh, I never, you think? I'd never played it. I really loved it. I really liked it. Okay. And I can understand why it's so divisive. A hundred percent understand. I don't think I would have enjoyed it when it was on the Wii because motion clunkiness would have completely. Yeah. I would have abandoned it. I wouldn't have gone through with it. But it was just. A traditional 3D Zelda, and for some people, I get why that's a negative. That it's just another traditional 3D it doesn't really do anything different. Sure, but for me, that's what I wanted. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, um, I played it. I played it for Wii on my Wii U, and yeah, I yeah. I struggled through it. So I, yeah, see, I, I didn't might even try emotion. I just turned it off. Just yeah. Oh my god, it oof. Wii yeah, Motion Plus did, doesn't I do did. shit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wasn't gonna. I didn't even want to try it with the Joy-Con. I literally, I actually yeah, no. haven't even tried it. I just immediately turned it off and did it with the controls. The camera control is a bit weird, but you kind of get used to it. Sure, and that was fine. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to, to, I'd like to say, oh yeah, that game. But I, I really, really liked it. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, I think yeah. you're the first person um, I talked to who like played it for the first time and right. yeah, like had this reaction. I think a lot, awesome. maybe a lot of it for people is the sort of carryover from just how awful of an experience they had with it. Because I know if I'd played it on the Wii, I wouldn't have liked it. I know. I yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that. And then I guess the last 2021 game that I've played so far that I really liked is Unpacking. I just finished that. Nice. Yeah, it's also on my list. I thought that was really cool. Um, but then, like everyone, my backlog is massive there were so many 2021 games i haven't played i have like two weeks off for christmas at the end of the year and i'm I, in my nice. head I'm like i'm easy i'm, I'm gonna, gonna beat 30 games this is gonna be great <laughs> it's, it's not gonna happen yeah right um but i do want to get through uh, the guns of the galaxy game because i always saw that's it, been sitting on my table fun. for so long <laughs> yeah i like action hacky slashy games like I, I always thought that game looked fun i'm not even a big Guardians of the galaxy fan um i just think it looks fun and yeah. apparently it is very well. So, I mean, yeah. even December is like for like our game of the year conversation and stuff. December is like insane. Like, uh, I mm. I tweeted out a list on the six one account a couple weeks ago. Um, mm. Solar Ash, Happy Humble's Burger Farm, White Shadows, Wolf Stride, Heavenly Bodies, Shovel Knight, uh, Fire Girl, The Gunk, Aspire, and then supposedly Neon White and Ali Ali Worlds. Too many games. <laughs> All those I want to play. But too many yeah. games. Yeah, I still need to. Um, I'm trying to think, what's I, I still need to get to unpacking. Um, I think today at some point I'm going to play No Longer Home because that's been on my desktop for months. Mm. Um, I downloaded a couple itch games last night. Um, cool. Tux and Fanny. I want to get to uh, Sluggish Moors. I want to get to, and yeah. uh, this yeah, yeah. this weird ass like trippy looking thing. Uh, that night steeped by Blood River. Yeah, I know it. Bad. Yeah. Um, those are the next three on my list. Um, have you played Subway Midnight 
by uh, published by Agricrab. Uh, no. It is a. Uh, it was. A, we got to chat with um, the developer Bubby, um, described as just like a, a haunted house, and you're just like going through like a train, and each train car is weird and different and scary and beautiful, okay. and highly recommended. That's one of my favorites of the year for sure. Cool. That sounds like my jam. I like yeah. But yeah. Too many games. Too many games. I have literally. Uh, I have a. Sp- I have a spreadsheet. I've gone into full spreadsheet, man. Every um, year, I'm like, I'm going to use the GG app, and I'm going to catalog every single game, and then I fall off in February. And I just I, scramble I, on my like trophy list or something on PlayStation. That's it. I try to use one of those sort of apps, but for me, I play so many of those, un- obviously, I play so many of the unknowns on like HIO and stuff. It just annoyed me that I didn't have the fields I wanted, so I yeah. Um, But I found it's, it is weirdly it's like 900 games in my backlog and i add to it more than i'm taking away oh, of course we all do i've finished 70 games this year and it's still it's like a hydra um <laughs> but uh this time next year it'll be like 1500 probably. probably um but it does help me play more i don't know why that is but just because it's on a spreadsheet and i have a separate column for which ones i've completed and stuff i don't know why but it is it is helping me play more games that's good i don't know um makes sense I, I, people yeah, I guess just seeing like a tangible list aside from like just it getting like you buying something and it just getting lost in your library. Mm. It's probably something like that. I'm going to do a spreadsheet for next year. Yeah, and just seeing how many games I've completed and stuff is I don't know, something about it's just motivating me to actually finish more games, which is nice. That's nice. Yeah. Hot tip from Ryan Brown of Super Rare Games. Ryan, thank you so much yeah. for hanging out with me today. Of course. Yeah, thank you so much. It's, yeah. I'm always down for talking indies and physicals yeah. and all that lovely stuff. Yeah, well, uh, we'll have you on IndieCast one of these days with uh, more of the gang so we could Amazing. chat about some, like, itch.io gems and stuff like that. Fab. Absolutely. Uh, Ryan, plug yourself away. Where could people find you and your work? Sure. So you can find me personally on uh, Twitter at Toad's Anime. And you can find Super Air Games at www.superairgames.com. As I mentioned earlier, we release a new physical Switch game every three weeks. We have some more mixtapes coming next year and lots of other indie game physical goodness. And you can find uh, us on Twitter at Super A Games as well. And come tell us which indie games you want to see physically, whether yeah. it's on the Switch or little ones on the mixtape. But I'm, I'm for real love hearing what games people want to see. So do come and shout them at us. You know, shout I'm going to shout Toem right now. Toem, yeah. I'm going to shout it's it. It's a good one. It's been shouted. It's a good call. He uh, shouted. He shouted. What's next for Super Rare? What's on What's uh, on deck that you could talk about? <laughs> cool. So, I mean, we do have uh, obviously more physical stuff. Uh, about 18, 19 physical Switch games a year. That's never going anywhere. It's our main focus. Uh, about three to four mixtapes next year. Um, recent release stuff first shorts. Depending on how that goes, when the pre-order window closes, there may or may not be more of those. There's a sort of physical-only uh, indie games that we've fully funded. And we may have some other cool stuff talk about in the new year that i can't talk about yet yeah um so stay stay tuned in the new year there'll be some cool stuff cool ryan thank you again so much i appreciate you i appreciate all the work you guys do you are doing wonderful things in the indie space uh thank you so much keep on keeping on woohoo woohoo bye y'all <laughs> see you later bye everyone <laughs>